This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Urkel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. Hey there, I'm Chris Nerlon. We have an exciting podcast ahead. But first, I want to talk about something we all know way too much about, moving. Just the thought of that can bring an unsettling emotion. Well, I found a team that can take that load off your plate. It's D1 Relocation. This group can do it all. They can organize your move, coordinate with a moving company, and a trusted real estate agent. They can actually vet key household partners, such as schools, insurance agents, physicians in the area. They can even help set up your Wi-Fi and water. It's incredible. So I've come to know this team, which is actually founded by a coach's wife. I think you should check it out. Whether you're looking to move now or in the future, it's d1relocation.com. Now on to our awesome podcast. I'm so excited to have Macy Montgomery on the podcast. You're the daughter of Coach Philip and Miss Ashley Montgomery. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me again. Your dad coached in Texas, Houston, Baylor, Tulsa as we were growing up. What can you tell coaches kid who is nervous about moving? Well, the first thing I would tell them is that being nervous is completely normal. I went to probably nine different schools, seven different um, ISDs growing up. And I was still nervous every single time. You think the more you move, the easier it gets. Sometimes that's not the case. (laughs) But I would say use those nerves to help put yourself out there. Don't let the nerves kind of make you crowd in or shell, put a shell around yourself because Odds are being a coach's kid, you may not be there very long. Mm-hmm. And so I personally think it's better to jump both feet in, figure out how to make your mark while you're there. Because if you don't like the school, you're probably not going to stick there forever. <laughs> yeah. What's one or two things that really helps you get plugged into your new city? That's a great question. So I have always been involved in sports. Both my brother and I, we did tons of sports, whether – For him, it was mainly football and baseball. For me, it was cheer and volleyball and tennis. So first thing we always did when we looked at schools was to see what sports programs they had. Probably a little cliche as a coach's kid. Kids are always involved in sports, but Mm -hmm. Ken and I loved it. It's how we found our niche in new schools. And then the second thing that I was really involved in growing up was volunteer work. So I was a part of an organization called National Charity League, which is where mothers and daughters work together to volunteer in your community. And so when I joined it in sixth grade, we had no idea that we were going to be moving again Mm -hmm. in a few years. And I lucked out that when we came to Tulsa, it was the only chapter of National Charity League at that time in the entire state of Oklahoma. And so... I lucked out because the school we moved to did not have a junior high cheer program. And so I couldn't use cheer to get involved, but a lot of my classmates were also in National Charity League. And so I got to meet some girls that I went to school with, but also some girls from other schools in the community. 
That's really cool. What would you tell Coach's kid who's really is really nervous about starting a new school and doesn't know anyone? I would say, again, just jump right in. Like it's it's always hard to do that when you're in the moment. And looking back now, as someone who is out of high school, where high schools can be rough for kids, and junior high is junior high. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> But the more you get involved in school, the easier the transition will be. I'm not saying be friends to everyone because you're not gonna mesh with everyone. So go in with an open heart, but also don't look through a lens. Try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And then if you're like, I really don't mesh with this person, that's okay. What type of impact do you see both of your parents having? So both of my parents are very kind and sweet and both very smart. I'm extremely close to both of them, which always helped. I think growing up, mom was the primary caregiver. And mm -hmm. so a lot of times dad did have to miss out on things. But I always knew that when my dad made it to my games or made it to my competitions or my show-offs for cheer, it was a really big deal. And I knew that he wanted to be there more than he could have been or more than he was allowed to because of his schedule. Yes. And how did that inspire you? I think seeing both my parents just go to each new place with an open mind, I will be the first one to admit I did not always have an open mind on every move that we did. There were a few that I straight up looked at my parents. I was like, why are we having to do this again? Yeah. Like, why am I having to move? Why am I having to start at a brand new school? But at the end of the day, seeing them take everything in stride and having a whole lot of faith in that we were at a place for a reason and we may not be there very long, but we'll figure out the reason while we're there. Mm -hmm. It has helped me a lot in my life because there have definitely been points since graduating high school and going into adulthood where I haven't always understood why something has happened in my life or why I'm going through some type of a struggle. But watching them go through the struggles very gracefully has helped me try to find ways to go through my own life struggles gracefully. Yes. What are some ways your dad has been able to show you how important you are to him, even though he, as you said, he can't go to all of the events? Oh gosh. There are so many ways. Um, let's see. In high school, he always went to all of my show-offs, okay. which those were usually Thursday nights. And anyone who has a offensive coaching and especially a coordinating or a dad who is a coordinator knows that Thursday nights are usually when play cards are done. Yes. And so for him to be willing to take off an hour, possibly two hours, because sometimes my coaches made us redo it if we messed up. Um, it really meant a lot, especially because my gym was almost a, it was like a, 20 to 30 minute drive away from his office. Oh, wow. That's far. And so he always managed to do that. And then in college, it was really cool because I got to cheer on the sidelines with him. 
That's really cool. And so I got to see him every game. Our practices were also on the football field. And so my teammates would joke because from my dad's office, he, he could see the football field. And so anytime that I went up in stunts, which was his favorite thing that I ever did in cheer, he loved seeing my spirit, seeing me do the cheers and everything. But he thought the stunts were so cool. And I was a flyer, so I was the absolutely insane person who got thrown up in the air. Wow. Um, and so he would kind of hide from the corner where really you only like saw his head poke out when I would go up at a stunt to watch. And then he would try to like tuck back away to go back to his desk. And I remember this one practice when I was a freshman, one of my teammates was laughing, going, Missy, your dad is watching you. Don't mess up. And I look up, I'm in the middle of a stunt. I'm supposed to be focused. And I had an amazing stunt partner and he has me up in hands. So I'm standing on his hands and he turns his body so that I can get my dad's attention because he's talking to another coach. And my whole team yells at the window to get his attention before, because I was trying to bring new stunt that I probably should not have been trying, but determined yeah. I was going to throw it anyways. <laughs> and so those were funny. And then I was also at a sorority in college. And so he didn't really get to go to like the parents weekends because parents weekend always fell on homecoming, which obviously there's a football game. Mm -hmm. I personally thought that was poor timing, but yeah. I was in the minority on that decision. And so he would always come to our bid day. And my senior year, I was in charge of doing our bid day. And we decided that we needed new lawn letters. Keep in mind, this is the smack dab middle to end of fall camp. And um, I couldn't find someone who would make the letters. So my dad went to Home Depot and Lowe's and got the plywood and built either six or eight foot tall letters for us. Wow, that's really tall. Uses. I could proudly say that we had the tallest letters on the row. Um, but he built them for me one weekend. It was his only weekend off in fall camp. And wow. rather than relaxing or getting ready for the next week, he spent his Saturday night cutting giant KKG letters out of plywood for me. That's amazing how you had that relationship. What's something that your mom has done in a transition that really helped you? My mom has always been my biggest cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And which is also funny because she was a cheerleader. So it comes easy for her. Yes. But she did a really good job of pushing me when I didn't want to be really social. Mm -hmm. So she did a good job of trying to immediately get us in sports or get us involved in National Charity League for me. And there were a lot of times looking back that Kid and I probably asked her for her help on things. And it was that moment of it's 930 at night before a school project is due. And we're just now telling her that we need to go to the store. Kind oh, of wow. And she never backed down. We may have driven her crazy at times, which 100% I know that we did. <laughs> I mean, my brother and I are just under three years apart from each other. So oh, yeah. we're close enough in age that we were driving everyone in our family crazy together. <laughs> but she never backed down from whatever challenge we decided that we wanted to do. And 
she would figure out some way to make it all work. I don't know how. <laughs> two kids who were in junior high and high school at the same time without cars. I have no idea how she made the time work, but she always did. How do you think moving has helped you bring me closer to your brother and your parents? That's a great question. I've actually never been asked that question. So <laughs> you. Um, moving definitely has made us closer. So the coaching world, there's about three degrees of separation between coaches, but it could also be a lonely world because people outside of the coaching world don't understand it. And it's physically extremely challenging to try to get somebody who hasn't grown up in the coaching world to understand. And so being able to have my brother and my parents to lean back on when I would be frustrated because I would get excluded from things or I knew I couldn't go to a certain event because that would mean that I would have to miss my dad's game and I wasn't willing to miss my dad's games yeah. or miss Cannon playing. And so they would like find ways to still help me celebrate things. I'm greatest example probably is that I'm an August birthday. My birthday is August 31st. And so usually that's the first game of the season. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably half of my birthdays I've spent at football games. Wow. And so they would still figure out some way to celebrate it, whether it was we would throw the party at the game or I even to this day still have some of my dad's players who reach out to me on social media and tell me happy birthday. That's amazing. Really. So it's pretty cool to have that bond where you can go out and do whatever you want to do and know that you still have your family there with you. Mm -hmm. How has it been a benefit in your life growing up as a coach's kid? Oh, I love answering this question. <laughs> so first things first, being a coach's kid, you have to learn how to have tough skin. Mm -hmm. People are not a good, going to agree with the choices that you make to support your family. They're not going to agree with a play call. Definitely. They're not going to agree with that. Your dad got hired as opposed to somebody else's dad or coach getting hired and heaven forbid that they bid on a game or bet on a game and the game doesn't go the way that they win the bet. Let me tell you. <laughs> As someone who went to a high school where my own classmates betted on games and they would come back and yell at me, I'd be like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like, you're, you're a 15 year old. Why are you betting on a college game? Mm -hmm. But it definitely taught me how to have tough skin, which is good because I'm someone who lives with their emotions on my sleeve. I have absolutely no poker face. And so I do have to remind myself to not hold things against people or not immediately react, take a moment to breathe. And so being a coach's kid has helped teach me those things. And then the second thing that I would say is being a coach's kid, you learn adaptability real quick. Mm -hmm. Whether it's you and your siblings have three different things going on and there's only one parent that can drive you to them. So you have to adapt and be willing to give sometimes, mm -hmm. just like your siblings also have to be willing to give. 
<laughs> or it's like what my mother and I went through where there were times that we spent half semesters at schools. So we would be there for the fall and then in the spring, dad would get a new job or my mom went back to teaching for a little bit. So we would move to another school to be with my mom. And so learning to be adaptable is probably one of the biggest skill sets other than communication that I have seen and I have used the most in my life. Yes, thank you for your insight and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at ruler-hope or online at rulerofhope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.